All right. Hey, guys. I'm Elijah. Hello. I am Collier. And welcome to the... The Hopefully Wandering Podcast. Podcast. Yay. First try this time. Oh, my gosh. We did it so well. Like, I'm really proud of us. I'm proud. We're growing. We are growing and maturing as people. Exactly. I think that's true of everyone. Actually, that's not true of everyone, but I think that's true (laughs) of us especially. Like, talking about our feelings, where we're at, you know, how we've progressed in our relationships. Like, we're growing. Yeah. Absolutely. We're growing. Yeah. Who needs therapy when you got a podcast, No, exactly. Actually, like... Actually, no, you need therapy. No, we, we please need therapy. go to therapy. Collier, please come see my therapist. I would love now, for you to now see Now that him. I got a job, I am going to, that's going to be one of my first uh, acts as a person who has money is getting a therapist. I'm yes. so proud of you. Actually, you don't have to see my therapist, but I've recommended some other friends to see my therapist, mm-hmm. and I think you would get along with him well. Okay. So, but again, I'll it's your you know. life. I, I might try it out. Yeah. I'll do whatever you know. the hell you want. Yeah. That's the moral of this podcast. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. As long as it doesn't affect others or they're okay with it. Mm. Yes. Um, How have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, like I said, yeah, I, I, I've got a job, or at least I think so. It's through a staffing agency, which I've never done before. Um, so you're like a like a temp? Like a temp. I, I'm, I'm the temp at night. You're Oh, <laughs> so you're like Ryan. Office deep track there. Um, yeah, I'm basically like Ryan. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be like a receptionist type of person, pretty oh. much, for like an accounting firm. So, so you're more like Aaron. Yeah, yeah, more like Aaron or Ronnie. You're like if Oscar <laughs> had a... A receptionist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like if Oscar had a receptionist. Have they been um, nice on the phone? Or not? Um, yeah. Well, I've only had one interview, and uh, I'm assuming that I'll start on Monday. They're they're getting back to me because Ooh. the company and the staffing agency is talking right now. But yeah. Yeah. So it'll be pretty good. I'm excited to start making money again. Besides, like doing DoorDash, it'll be yeah. fun. I'll, Guys, I'll feel more free. <laughs> everyone who's listening, let's give a big hand to Call Your Brooks for getting a job. Oh, thank you with your big hands. With my big hand, I didn't clap. <laughs> I just showed him my big hand. Yes, you can show me your hands at home if you want to. Yeah, show them to the phone. I'm I'm watching show through them there. To the phone. Oh, somebody's watching me. Not me, just the NSA. Just the NSA. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, Collier, we talked about possibly playing a game at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be good to lighten up the mood before we get like super freaking serious. Mm-hmm. Um, Collier, have you ever played the game? She's perfect in every way, but. <laughs> no, I don't think have I have. Have you never heard of this? No, that I think, scares me. I, I, think a, is it? I think a lot of our listeners will likely have heard of this game. Okay. So basically, I'm going to propose women to you. And these women are perfect in every way. Okay. But. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to give you an so example. Do I have to say the but or am I trying to guess the but? Well, or? no. I, I'm going to give you the but. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say she's perfect in every way but this thing. Okay. And you have to decide if you would take her as your like monogamous oh, partner. Gotcha. Okay. Like, or like you fictional would, women, not yes. a real woman. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to propose to you a fictional woman who's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Like, she is the man. Oh, and like, okay. Like if I would, if I would take that as if a, you as would a, take her. So okay. do you want me to give you an yeah. example? Yeah. All right. She's perfect in every way, but she has more back hair than me. Like a literal forest, and mine's pretty thick. Mm. Oh, more back hair than you, not yeah, than me. me. Okay, yeah, than me. And and you've seen my back hair; it's a lot. <laughs> she's got a literal forest back there, but she's perfect in every way, like every way you can think of. Hmm. And she can't um, shave it. She can't shave it. Okay. No, she's yeah, gotta have yeah. It. You know. Um. 
Okay, what do I say? What are the different answer options? Like just yes or no? Yes or no? Or... Would would, okay. you, would you have this woman as your partner? <laughs> um, yes. You would have I the would. back hair woman as your I would, partner. I would have the back hair woman. Yes. I'm so proud of you. I would I do think, it. Yeah. I think you're making a statement to all women out there. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to Michaela about this actually. Like body hair in general should just be hygienic. It doesn't have to be fitting some kind of standard. But as long as it's like hygienic and you're taking care of yourself, that's great. You know, if you want to grow out your leg hair if you want to have back hair whatever that's that's cool as long as you're like clean and like not just like dirty and neglecting yourself that's good all right next one you ready <laughs> yeah all right she's perfect in every way but she can speak in nothing but shakespeare quotations <laughs> where art thou oh caldio <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Why? I want to hear, but I need I, mean, to, I need you to give your reasonings that, for all of these. Yeah, that just sounds like it might be tough to have some some real conversations or, or some silly conversations. It just sounds like it might be, or or just it'll be hard to understand her for me. You know, I'm not yeah not well versed enough in Although, Shakespearean language. I think you can make some money because she knows the entire works of Shakespeare. There, yeah, there probably is an avenue for that, for sure. But, nah, I'll pass on that. I appreciate the reasoning. <laughs> All right. She's perfect in every way, but she's building a nuclear holocaust doomsday device in the basement <laughs> to destroy the world. Oh, like, okay, doomsday device. She's going to be the one to destroy the world. Yeah, she's evil. But she's perfect uh, in every way besides that. I mean, is she actually going to use it, or is she just, like, That's irrelevant. thinking about it? That's irrelevant. <laughs> Because if she's just making it, you know, just as an experiment. Uh, but she's capable of that. But yeah, she's perfect in every yeah. way. That's a tough one because I kind of, in some ways, would want the entire world to die. But, like, including all of us. But, eh. No, I'll pass. Too much. Too much evil capacity. And uh, okay. you, n you never know. She's you like the female Dr. Like Doofenshmirtz, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Okay, okay. I promise there's a point to this game. We're going to get okay. there. But I, I want to ask you some more. No, sounds good. Keep, keep going. All right. She's perfect in every way, but every word she says, she sounds like Cardi B. <laughs> With all of the sounds that she makes. <laughs> Skitty up. So basically like she's from the Bronx. <laughs> she's from the Bronx, but like ghetto Bronx. Uh now she loves you and cares about you and she's perfect in every way. You know, yeah. Um I'll say yeah, I'll say yes. I could I could take that. I, I yeah. think, you know, if she loves me and I love her, I think I could definitely uh bah! find that <laughs> I could find that endearing and yeah. fun and cute. Um, With all the language yeah. and all the stripper talk. Yeah. I could. I could yeah. yeah. I'll say yes. You show her to your friends? <laughs> sure. All right. I sure. appreciate that. She's perfect in every way, but she smells like blue cheese all the time. Every part of her. Head to oh. toe. You know what? I'm going to say yes because I have a very, very weak sense of smell. Um, my nose is not the best. So... I feel like that wouldn't bother me too much because I don't I don't smell things like super well all the time. So I'm sure okay. my nose would get used to it fast. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You basically would become dead into it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. All right. She's perfect in every way. But when she gets nervous, she sprouts spikes like a hedgehog. 
Dude, I mean, she seems like a magical creature, so yes. Call yours into that. I am into magical fairy creatures, mythical, mythical okay. beings. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I could see that's that. That's pretty cool. I mean, if she's like a hedgehog and like can do like Sonic the Hedgehog stuff, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not attracted to Sonic the Hedgehog, by the way. I just had to make that clear. <laughs> do you know what I'm thinking right now, Collier? Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we just had a exchange between us to a game night we had. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. let's keep going. All right. Well, all right. anyways, but that, that sounds fun. That sounds like an exciting person. I'm pretty sure you're going to say no to this one. Okay. She's perfect in every way, but she constantly talks through movies every single second. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to say no. If she can't, like, experience movies and, like, yeah, listen okay. to them at all. At all. I mean, TV shows, no. Yeah, no TV Music, shows no. either. But just, every oh, oh, single just movie. movie. Just okay. movies. Like, every time you watch a movie, hmm. constantly talks. Yeah, no, I'm going to say no. I just like movies too much, and especially good movies. Like, that That would just, sometimes that'd be accessible, that'd be okay, that'd be permissible, but. Yeah, so no, either you, like, go without movies, or, like, watch movies when she's not there. Or... Yeah, because, like, then I couldn't, like, experience the movies or hear it or anything like that. Plus, like, not even just me. I get I get annoyed when I'm, like, like want someone else to experience this movie, but they're not experiencing it, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. ah, pay attention. I can see that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, we only got a couple more. You ready? Yes. All right. Three more specifically. She's perfect in every way, but she's in Scientology and constantly asks you to join her. Oh, no, I'm going to steer clear of that. <laughs> no, that's, that's too, too crazy a cult. And, um, yeah, I'm going to steer clear of that. Okay. Okay. No Scientology. All right. Second to last one. You ready? Okay. She's perfect in every way, but she did kill her first boyfriend. <laughs> intentionally she says <laughs> she says it was in self-defense but you don't know if you believe her mm, oh if i don't <sighs> mm. <sighs> if it was in self-defense i would like but, but, but if like, i don't know if i believe exactly believe her, yeah she's like shady but she's perfect like are you willing that's tough i'm I mean, if if I if I can believe her, I'd say yes because I'm totally willing to forgive people for things. Okay. You don't know if you believe her. Yeah. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But there's some question. Yeah. You know, if she if she like I don't know, is remorseful. Is she remorseful at all? Is she. Re yes, absolutely. She didn't want to then, have to. You do know, it. I'll say I'll say yes. Yeah. Yeah. People, she didn't want to have to be forgiven and change. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You ready for the last one? Okay. Lay it on me. She's perfect in every way, but she's a pyramid scheme cult and wants you to give 10% of her, in of your income to her. Oh, uh, um, you know, I'm going to say no and not, not even just for me. Cause like I could deal with someone being in that pyramid scheme type of thing, yeah. like with my personal relationship with them. Yeah. But the way that everyone would hate my partner, my girlfriend or whoever she is, I, yeah, I can't have her, like, badgering every single person I have a relationship with. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because, like, I think that it's culturally appropriate to be a part of that, though. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is. I just know, like, a lot of people end up kind of becoming that brand. And, like, anyone except for their, like, maybe very, very close friends, they, like, are just see as a mark, you know? And it's, like, everything they can do to just, like, get someone to join them and talk to them about, like, joining their their empire, building success, being a successful businesswoman that owns your own business and all that type of stuff. I Do you know what I'm talking I'm, about? I'm, I might be offending some people here with uh, pyramid scheme, MLM stuff, because a lot of people do that, but please don't do that. If you're in it, please get out. It's You're not going to make money. And I mean, it's, it's possible, but it's very, very rare. And you're annoying everyone that you're friends with. Wow, so. Collier, you went <laughs> deep and you don't even know what you're talking about. I, what oh what am I talking? Am I talking about something else? Absolutely, you are. What are you talking about? How did you leave the pyramid scheme cult that you gave ten percent of your income to? <laughs> yeah. You see what I did there? <laughs> I see what you did there. I mean, man, yeah. you got spicy not knowing well, what you were see, saying. I'll, I'll I'll say. I mean, yeah. Like, please leave, <laughs> or at least, well, yeah. <laughs> He's it, like second guessing himself now. <laughs> Well, okay, if if your church and if your brand of Christianity is the pyramid scheme type, you know, and the the kind of so we're talking like type like that, ultra charismatics, of, yeah, Kenneth Copeland, elevation, yeah, giving ten percent, like all about complete evangelism, like your whole life is about evangelism, like everyone who's not in there, is but evangelism die. through any means, evangelism through any means, Ray like, Comfort, yeah, like yeah, Ray Comfort's a perfect example of like basically the ends benefit them. Wait, the means justify the ends. Um, or No, the ends justify the means. There you go. That's, there you the, go. that's the phrase. My, um, my, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> Kevin? Exactly. Um, yeah, any of those type of things, too, are, are very, very similar to other MLM empires. For, for sure. sure. There's definitely, like, you know, I say this kind of facetiously, mm-hmm. like that whole shtick. Um, I think there's definitely, like, a lot of churches out there that aren't, like you have to give this much money and it doesn't go to missions. It goes mm-hmm. to fund like the lead pastors yeah. mega house and his book. And they're not a pyramid. Like there's, I, I genuinely believe that there are some churches with some great people in them, but at this mm-hmm. point, like it's kind of few and far between. Totally. I mean, there's even some doing that same model. I would say, I'd say a lot. I mean, maybe a majority or like a good amount of churches even have that same model. Yeah. Um, of that same type of like tithing thing, the same ways they spend their money, uh, maybe just slightly less scammy. Um, but they truly believe in it because they've been formed to believe that that's truly the way that God wants you to run churches and run money and stuff like that, which right. is really not really based on the Bible. It's more based on business in America and yeah. cultural convention, but they haven't known anything else. And I think that they are genuine in like, in their desire to run a, you know, God honoring church. So yeah, I, I agree that there's lots of for sure, very genuine, very good people out there that that are in those same types of Absolutely. things and not trying to be shady. I mean, just like there are lots of people in those MLMs, you know, selling their uh, little products and herbal uh, supplements or whatever. Yeah, those type of things, you know, that are like truly believe in it and maybe just How don't quite realize dare you that trash on essential oils. Yeah, and my uh, Arbon. Yeah, essential oils and Arbon and all those. Uh, We're little, offending so many. Like we if are we probably have... offending lots of people because lots of people <laughs> that we know are in those things. So I'm sorry, but also like please get out. <laughs> please stop. 
Please stop. <laughs> turn, stop. This is my critique for all Christians and people in pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. Stop turning your friends into projects. Yeah. I knew one person whose wife was like, made really, really good money in Plexus. Like it took her a long time to get there, but she like, you know, had a, was making like tons of money every year, like loads of money, you know? Did she have um, friends though? Oh, I mean she, well, she had tons of people under her, you know? I mean, I, I don't know her personal life at all, but So like, she had to like work up though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like that's, that's a very small percentage. Like I said, you have to get like a big following underneath you. Lots of people who recruit other people who recruit other people. Like it's got to go like several layers deep before you start making that kind of money. What I'm hearing is like, the goal of these like pyramid scheme selling things is for you to become a social media influencer and stop selling the product yourself and influence people underneath you to sell the product for you. It's basically a drug trade. Yeah. I mean, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anyways, let's transition this podcast. So I, I spoke a little facetiously Good about transition the transition too. Oh, thanks. Nice. <laughs> I, I thought about that one really hard. Yeah, that's so good. So I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Collier, I don't think that the church that you were a part of quite qualifies as a cult or like emotionally manipulative for the most part, at least with their intentions. You know, a lot of churches do it like unintentionally, mm-hmm. um, but you ended up having some other problems like with the church as a whole that began your whole process yeah yeah so i would love to hear all about that i mean the majority of churches and groups that we were part of also really despised and lamented people like joel osteen and kenneth copeland and all of them who are basically pay-to-play preachers faith healers that are like scamming old people out of their money pay-to-play like raid shadow legends (laughs) this is where our sponsorship is coming in Raid is a free-to-play RPG that you can play on your mobile device and your PC. <laughs> word for word, dude. That's so great. I know. <laughs> you obviously hear that you hear that a lot, don't you? So much. <laughs> I mean, like, it's on, like, gaming videos, like, oh, lifestyle like videos. Yeah, like, every YouTube video. ASMR videos have over. Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, really? Yeah, ASMR <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends ads. It's amazing. So, Raid Shadow Legends, I, if you want to sponsor this podcast, we will give you a shout-out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. We will. If anybody wants to be sponsored this podcast, do it, please. We will <laughs> shout you out to our 35 followers. Yes. Our 35 followers may listen and not skip past. Ooh. They probably won't buy anything, but they might listen to the ad. Yes. All right. Back on topic. Okay. Collier, today is all about your story or at least like yes. the most recent aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to call this like a coming out or like your deconstruction because you are not defined by those terms Mm. and not everything that you went through inherently um, can be described with those terms. Yeah. Um, But like, I want to hear, you know, your transition from working at your church in Lexington Mm -hmm. all the way to where you are now. And give me like a, a broad overview and, you know, I might interrupt with you, interrupt you with some, some questions or politely do so. <laughs> I don't want to like, yeah, shut totally, up, totally. let me ask you this question. But you know, <laughs> I, I think our listeners would love to hear it because not everyone knows your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's been a long, um, complex, you know, journey for me. So if I do get too much in the weeds with something, start, um, maybe being confusing in the way that I'm teasing things out. Like, please, yeah, stop me, ask clarification, ask questions, or, like, prompt me to go on, that type of thing, because okay. uh, th- that'll be helpful for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bro. Um, yeah, so this podcast will be about my story. Hold um, on, get a drink. You need it before you yeah, start. Yeah, I do need a drink. 
Uh, we are drinking a few things today. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, a few drinks. So, I'm sorry, where did you say to start? <laughs> um, so we left off at episode number three, I think it was. Um, you were working part-time at a church in, in Lexington. It was a small, uh, oxymoron, mm-hmm. small mega church. And yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's a somewhat big mega church, Yeah, what, I mean, however but, you describe it. Not compared um, to the one we grew up in. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, you are in a totally different life space than you were uh, then. And a lot of people look at you and like, how the heck did he end up where he is now? Yeah. Like, how'd that happen? And where are you now? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so first I'll make a couple disclaimers. Um, I am in a completely different life space. If I haven't talked to you too much about it, um, I hope you're not offended. And it's not that I didn't want to share this with you. It's just that it never came up organically. And I've kind of at this point with my story of faith and spirituality, um, been ma- mainly just bringing it up organically uh, for most people. And I'm happy to talk about it, but I'm not going to force it on anyone. So um, please don't be offended if I haven't talked to you and you feel like you're close to me. I would love to have a longer conversation with you. Um, but we've got 60 to 80 minutes to hear yeah, about this. Yeah, so this will be a good start, though. And, and I kind of wanted to have a, um, a time to have this be shared in a way that I can, that if we don't have time for a long conversation, you can listen to this podcast. Um, a couple other disclaimers, I guess. I, I'm going to try my best not to be judgmental on the path that I came from. Um, and, and I don't harbor a lot of hate and don't harbor a lot of anger or judgment or, or even a sense of superiority to the spaces that I came from. That's abnormal. A lot and of people do. I, I'm struggling with the sense of superiority thing. Like I, <laughs> like, uh, it's easy to do definitely. Um, but I'm trying as hard as I can not to feel superior to anybody from the space that I left. Um, just because it's different doesn't mean that I think that I'm better than you. Um, so please hear what I'm saying with grace. Um, and lastly, I know that I may be misconstrued and, uh, I think that's a big fear of mine is being misrepresented. Um, and, and I know that that might happen. So, I would ask you to like try to listen to my story by putting yourself in my shoes. Um, try to have an open mind. Try to consider what I'm saying before you immediately have a rebuttal for it. Um, you're a person. You're not a project. Yeah, I'm a person. And just try to take the story as me, as a person sharing my story. Um, I don't want to be misconstrued, however that may happen. And I and. I'm okay if that does happen. So I'm going to try to be straightforward and not give as many clarifying statements as I always do. So if you want clarity on something, please contact me. Uh, I would love to talk with you. You know, if you, if you're someone that knows me and uh, just wants, you know, an answer to a question that you have about my story or more clarification, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I would love that. Um, so totally reach out to me if you have my number or on this social media platform or my personal social media platform, anything, you can totally reach out to me. I'd love to call, chat, text, whatever. Um, okay, so that's about enough for the disclaimers, I guess. Let's hear your two to three pages of notes. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous, like I said. Um, but basically, I have come a long way in a spiritual journey, and I'm going to share that with you. Um <laughs> Let's see. So we already said a lot of my backstory, background history in the past couple episodes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Just going to make a few overlying overviewing points. Um, Growing up, my parents were very encouraging. They encouraged love, empathy, and the church. 
they also indulged my curious mind. So, you know, I was, I was very much in the church. Um, I was also very much asking questions and I feel like I was pretty safe to ask the majority of questions by my parents. And so it, just great on them for like fostering that curiosity in me and allowing me to be intellectual, be um, uh, rational and thinking about my faith. Um, that was really helpful for me. Um, also, I was, you know, like I said, in my previous ones, deeply, deeply devoted to the church, deeply devoted to the faith. I mean, more devoted to Jesus than I was to the church. Like I went through times of even saying that I was, you know, a follower of the way as the early Christians did rather than saying I was a Christian because I didn't like the negative label the Christian had in America today. Uh, so I was deeply in love with Jesus, deeply personal in my relationship with Jesus um, in so many ways. Um, honestly, I could get into a lot of detail about that, but the biggest thing you can take if you want to check that and how personal my relationship was because a big rebuttal to deconstruction stories is uh, you never were a christian exactly yeah you were never a christian to begin with you didn't believe um ask anybody about my reputation is what i'm going to say in my church and it may sound a little prideful but people would know me sometimes in a negative connotation as being the christian guy um <laughs> a uh one of Michaela's uncles called me Joe Bible because of how much. Joe Bible? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he told me that recently. You were even um, more Christian than me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was so Christian. It was like everything I was. And, and I mean, as I said, maybe in a previous episode that like I put my entire identity in that, possibly partially because I was having an identity crisis where I didn't know who I was. And so I found my identity completely in Christ. Um, and anyone who knew me would say that as well. So if you want to check me on that and say I wasn't a real Christian, like ask anyone who knew me ages zero to like 18 and they would totally tell you the same thing zero to 22 honestly like yeah um <clears throat> anyway going forward in my story um well in my faith growing up there were always out groups there were always others i would see as less christian or not good enough examples of christ i would try to dis differentiate myself against those people i would push against like the negative stereotypes of christians in this country and try to become a good example of Christ that unbelievers would see and follow him. What are some examples, um, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I mean, some examples were, uh, well, Westboro Baptist Church. I learned about them from uh, at a very early age, and I was God like, bless. I'm not that type of Christian. You know, I'm not the ones that say that homos are going to burn in hell. You know, that, that, that was never me, and I was always trying to actively push against that. I was like, this is the type of Christian I am. Like, I'm loving, I'm devoted to Christ. Like, in these ways, like, they're wrong about that. That's not real Christianity. Yeah. All that type of stuff. And, and how that ties in is, um, I guess you could say I was deconstructing in a way, a lot of harmful beliefs, a yeah. lot of harmful cultural beliefs yeah. and theology is my entire life. Um, and that just intensified more in high school, especially when me and you started talking, Elijah, and uh, a lot of my friends started talking and we just had lots of conversations about theology. So, so we are, we are all, you, you know, and one friend who is Baptist and people from church and yeah. So we would have so many conversations. I can say deconstructing. It's been a buzzword. Basically that just means questioning, trying to get to the basically best interpretation of stuff. Right. And you can end up in so many destinations with deconstruction. It doesn't oh, sure, have to be sure. like, I'm a Christian. I deconstructed. Now I hate everyone. Yeah. It doesn't mean deconversion. It just means looking at something with a critical lens and trying to um, question the truth that you're given and figure out what the truth really is or what the different interpretations, for example, when it comes to the Bible, could be. Um, 
so yeah, we, we were doing that my entire life. You know, I was always deconstruction, deconstructing, always searching for truth, always searching for the correct interpretations of theology, um, all of that. Um, I'll give a few examples of that from my earlier life um, before, like this past year. Um, so when I was somewhat young, maybe in middle school, like my older brother brought up the idea of evolution, like theistic evolution, you know, and how that could, you know, maybe Ken Ham was a little crazy. Maybe it was right. Maybe there's so much overwhelming evidence for evolution. I think back then, and this was a long time ago, but back then he was like saying like, wouldn't it show a better, you know, creator, more intelligent design to create a self-sustaining system like evolution, you know, like coming out from like a software engineer's perspective. Yeah. That's a better software to have a absolutely evolutionary like system. So, you know, he told that like that was one thing that he had mentioned at like when I was 12, you know. So I started being like, oh, you know, maybe the 6,000 year old earth or 10,000 year old earth isn't the only way. Maybe there's a way to incorporate science that's like pretty well established with the Bible. Ken Ham is so disappointed um, in you. Yeah, he is. Sorry, Ken. Um, uh, in high school, Elijah, you, you brought up, or no, this was like at the end of high school, maybe beginning of college. Senior year, we went to the gym together. Yeah. And, and well, you brought up, uh, the idea of like being pro pro-choice as a Christian, like even like still anti-abortion basically, but pro-choice as in it being safer, it having better outcomes for women, it being like something that would save more lives. It being something that would maybe even reduce abortions because like there's statistical evidence to back that up <laughs> yeah stuff like that you know you brought up that question and like i had never thought about that i had always thought about abortion as like purely like christians are against that it's like you have to make it illegal because it's murder and even though you weren't even trying to really convince me you just brought that up it was a question and that question kept on forming and i'm someone that hears something and i never immediately write off someone no matter how crazy their perspective may be or how crazy i think it may be I will always mull over that person's perspective and that person's question. And I've always been that way. Um, I appreciate that about you, that you're not going to write someone off just because they have an opinion different than yours, but you're going to take what they say, test it against what you know is true, but also mm -hmm. give it every validity of the argument. And, you know, you may decide that you still yeah. don't agree, but you're not just going to be hateful and writing it off like, I think a lot of believers do where they're like, mm. Hey, this doesn't match within my worldview. And so instead of like thinking about it and saying that I just personally don't agree with it, they just say that's objectively wrong and you're a bad person. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I, I never wanted to be that way, even though sometimes I was for sure. But, um, yeah, I had lots of, lots of questions like that. I could get into details like homosexuality, the LGBTQ people, um, like that, that whole way that the church relates to them, women in leadership, theology and certainty of theology, stuff like that. Lots of questions that I had. Um, but yeah, like when I hear someone have a different perspective, my innate instinct, partially because I'm a people pleaser. So sometimes I do this to a fault is, um, then when I hear a statement that contradicts what they're saying, I will try to put myself in their mindset and think of how they would respond to that statement, stuff like that. And a lot of times it can get kind of stressful because I would do it with like, you know, five of my different coworkers who have five different beliefs and I would like try to please all of them. And like now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't have to, you know, please everybody with my statements. Um, you know, it's but funny. Still, I, I will see that from, I'll yes. try to like take their perspective and incorporate it into mine and be like, does their belief, does their perspective hold up? 
And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think that's just a church people pleaser mindset where, <laughs> and I'm struggling with like, when I say that I have church trauma, it's not that like I experience like physical abuse in the church and some people do, but like yeah. the mindset that the church taught me was to please everyone. Cause the more people mm. I pleased, the higher of a position of you know, authority that I would get within the church. And so like, even like in my workplace, I'm trying to please everyone and I'll end up like my tendency is even to be two faced to people. Like I'll say, I believe one thing to one person and say, I believe something else to another person because it'll smooth over the relationship the best. And sometimes I'm cognitively like, that's wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> and so I'll try to be honest with him. It'll torch. It won't torch the relationship, but it won't have as desirable of an outcome. And I'm like, Oh no, ah, I disappointed someone. Yeah. I dude, I've been just recently trying to uh, learn that lesson even better. I mean, I recently in the past like couple of years, but yeah, I've been trying to, um, learn how to not do that as much. Cause yeah, I would, for a lot of my life, I would totally say like contradictory statements to people. And like, if someone was telling me a story, I would agree with them on every point. And, and in some ways that can be good to do, you know, agree with people and, uh, and not just like be contradictory at every single point, even if you disagree with all of them. But yeah, now I'm like, you know what? That's not very good. Then I look two faced because I'm just saying yes to everything. I'm agreeing with everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's good to definitely, uh, also look for truth and also look for uh, ways to disagree respectfully. Um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, moving on. So f about me, I, um, yeah, I've always been empathetic to people um, and tried not to believe they were stupid, you know? So that, that spurred a lot of my questions. It's kind of setting up my mindset, I guess, for like going into what this year, what 2021 really did. Um, it was pretty crazy. I was looking over some notebook entries, some journal entries from that time of when I started questioning some more things more deeply. And uh, like I had a journal entry from the end of November, I think, of 2020. And I was like basically saying like it was very God filled. And I was basically saying that, like, you know, I was I was fully confirmed in my passion for full time ministry. I was like, vocational ministry is something I need to be doing. Isn't that ironic considering the journal entries you were making a year later? Yeah, yeah. Like that was November 2020. And then April 2020 was my next, my very next journal entry. So you dropped <laughs> off for like six months. Yeah, dropped off for, well, yeah, December, January, February. Yeah, so like four months, five months. And then um, I don't journal too often. I'm trying to get better at that still, but... Yeah, the very next one, I was like, it was like, Michaela and I were questioning lots of things, and I was very scared about that. Um, so it was like a pretty short span between the time that I was like fully still wanting to do actively vocational ministry in church and the time that I was like, yeah, I don't believe, I don't know if I believe that there's a God. <laughs> um, that, that came somewhat fast, but like I was trying to set up, I guess, with that backstory, even though it seemed fast on the surface, um, I've been building up questions for a long time, you know, and, and I've been, I've been searching answers for those questions. And then a lot of times I would find questions, find answers to my theological questions, my philosophical questions and existential questions that I felt were satisfactory, but I kind of like made them feel satisfactory so that I could stay in the church, you know, like I, I didn't want to, this question was racking my brain about like certain things about the nature of God or certain things about like maybe evolution or human history and how God and the Bible factors into that. 
And but I would be like, you know what? That's a good enough uh, answer for me. That's satisfactory. And I would just move on and not think about it because I didn't want to stress myself out in church. Um, yeah. So fast forward to March of that next year, 2021. Um, so, I mean, it's probably would come as no surprise that Michaela was a big part of my story. Um, as she is just in my whole life. Um, it's my wife. If anyone's missed the last episodes, <clears throat> my partner and everything. Um, we had, you know, kept each other in church, actually, kind of for the past couple of years. We both had different doubts we were wrestling with, different things where, you know, neither one of us really liked the American evangelicalism form of the church very much. So we were kind of keeping each other in church if we had doubts. Like, for example, one time I was just complaining so much, like, for a whole month, that one day after church, Michaela was like, so what'd you hate about it? <laughs> and, and kind of confronted me on how it was, like, so hateful. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I am being prideful and judgmental towards the church, which which I kind of was, but also I was kind of um, on the right track with some stuff, I think. Um, so yeah, we kept each other in church. We uh, would explore questions and doubts with each other for a long time. Um, she was having some issues with like depression stuff and some other stuff. It's really her story to get into, but... Which maybe at a later date, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, we'll which see. maybe she'll be on the podcast and, and get into that in a later date. We'll see. Um... But she, in in this one kind of like episode where she was dealing with depression really hard, said uh, that she doubted. She was like, God's not real. Uh, when I was trying to kind of combat her depression by appealing to God. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, that kind of freaked me out. I was like, what? Like, there's no world in which God isn't real. What What do you mean? Um, and yeah, we... But we, we began exploring that more when we were both more of a sober mind, when we were like, the next couple of days, um, we began exploring that more to see, I, I was like, were you legit about that? Like, did you mean that? Um, and that just kind of launched a series of us talking about some questions that we hadn't allowed ourselves to question before. You know, like I said, we were both doubting lots of theology, lots of cultural things that Christianity was doing where we were like, well, how does this stand up to God's nature, to who Jesus is, to what the Bible says? And we were using that as our foundation. You know, like those were never any questions we could have. We would never question, never doubt God's existence, never doubt Jesus, never doubt the scriptures. You weren't allowed to. Yeah, we weren't allowed to. Like from the church and from in our own personal conscience, like we couldn't do that, you know? Um, so yeah, it was like a crazy time for us. Then we started actually allowing ourselves to doubt. Like we didn't just immediately go like, oh, I don't believe. But we said, what if? Like, what if there's no God? What if, okay, if there is a God, what is God the God of the Jewish scriptures? And is God the God of then the New Testament Christian scriptures? Uh, is Jesus God? Is there a Holy Spirit? Um, is the church correct? You know, kind of building up from the ground up. Um, there's like a logical fallacy with that, where if God is all powerful, omnipotent and desires you, you mm. questioning a little bit should change nothing Yeah, because he's so apparent and so awesome and so good that he would never, ever let you continue down that path of questioning because he's just so in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, at least that path of questioning would lead only to one conclusion, you know, of that I was of wrong breathing. Yeah. Bringing myself back to God and like an even more like a prodigal son type of way where you just come back and you're like, I should have never left. This is like, and you come back with an even more beautiful and vibrant faith. I, 
in my first journal entry, um, I think I said the phrase, I was like, uh, 2021 is going to be an interesting year for us. Um, you didn't even know what I said. Yeah. Poor little like, innocent Collier. <laughs> didn't even know. I said 2021 will be an interesting year. I'm confused about so much and questioning so much, uh, blah, 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 some other stuff. But I basically, when I was writing that in April of 2021, I thought this is going to be a transformational foundational year of my faith that God's going to use, you know, toughen me, harden me, sharpen me, that I'm going to come back from these questions even stronger. And, and like, that was, that was what I wanted, you know? And that, and that was what I believed because I, you know, even though I was doubting God, I fully believed in him still. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, you know what, with, with that being said, I was going to read like a couple little journal entries then from that, um, from that time. Um, unless, I mean, do you have any other questions so far? Anything else you want to guide me, lead me? Keep on going. I want to hear where we're going. Okay. So, yeah, in that first journal entry, I'm just going to give you a little snapshot into my mind during that. So this was April 2021. I'd recently been questioning stuff. That was around right when the stuff that I was just talking about with Michaela happened. Um, I said, Michaela and I are both deconstructing our faiths and beliefs right now. Michaela is maybe landing a little more on the side of unbelief, and I really don't know. We're both fed up with American Christianity. Uh, I said some stuff about evangelicalism being a cult more than being more harm than good. But I was like, I still believe in Jesus and God. <clears throat> I think the way of Jesus has been good. However, most of the religion of Christianity, especially the fundamentalism and evangelicalism, has been a plague on the earth. And I can't be part of something that hurts people so needlessly. I'm not sure where I will land, and it terrifies me. I'm lost because I never had any passion or personality. I made it all around the church. And if I still am a Christian, I don't know what church and what culture will look like. I'm scared my relationships will be strained or lost with family and friends if I stop being a Christian. I'm lost because I struggle to know who I am apart from Christianity. Um, <clears throat> keeps going on along those same kind of, you know, scary, uh, scary thoughts. Um, yeah, and then so a couple other ones. I was, you know, I, I, I journaled every day straight after not doing it, you know, doing it like months apart each time. I journaled every day straight for like two weeks. Um, it was a very tough time. I like basically was drinking through a fire hose of existential thought, of philosophical thought, of just reading everything I could get my hands on about Christianity, about deconstruction, about atheism, about apologetics for Christianity, apologetics against Christianity. You know, I was like, I was like, what do I believe? And like, is there reason for what I believe? You know, and I was just trying to, trying so hard to figure that out. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some times like some, there's some really difficult Bible verses about like women, about LGBTQ people, um, which you can you can argue several different ways theologically, but you know, stuff that's very hard to deal with that I'd always struggle with in Christianity. And I was like, well, I, I guess I got to like try to figure out what my answer is about these as well, you know, uh, with those Bible verses. Um, man, lots of stuff like that through these weeks where I was just scared. And I was also kind of excited about like firming up my belief and like figuring out what I believe, you know, I just like, I just needed to know what I believed. I needed to know. Um, and, uh, and overall I, I was, um, pretty scared. Uh, it, it was, 
it was a very scary time. I'm just lucky I have Michaela because a lot of people who go through this type of um, crisis in their life don't have someone like Michaela who can be a sounding board for me and who can have conversations with me about this. Um, so that was really good. Um, but yeah, I was, I was getting to a place where I was starting to get more comfortable with uncertainty. Um, <clears throat> and then for about, yeah, the next three to five weeks, as I kept on trying to read, watch things, watch debates, watch YouTubers, watch stories, testimonies, uh, all those videos, all those articles, anything I could try to figure out, anything I could try to just like gain more knowledge from I was doing. I was in a frenzy about trying to find the truth. Um, I had always tried to have an open mind about everything, but I'd never allowed myself to truly doubt God, Jesus, or the Bible. So I was scared, but I was also trying to be objective. So I went into things. I was watching debates. You know, I watched the uh, the, the first thing I did was I watched the Ken Ham and Bill Nye debate from a long Cringe. time ago. Cringe. Cringe on all sides. That was so... <laughs> they both kind of suck. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I don't really know, like Bill Nye. So Bill Nye won the debate from a scientific perspective uh, and from just like a, a logical debate perspective. But Ken Ham won where Ken Ham started... He basically baited Bill Nye into debating about philosophy and religion and like morality and stuff like that rather than debating about the actual science, which is what the debate was about. So in that way, Ken Ham won by distracting Bill Nye because Bill Nye took the bait, you know? But it was still, it was kind of funny because I hadn't listened to that since it happened. So I was like just yes. remembering what I thought when I was like a 12 year old when that came out or however old you I was. You were so biased back then. You couldn't think anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was still pretty biased. I mean, I still didn't think that Ken Ham won the debate cause I already kind of hated him back then, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a completely different thing watching it back in the subjective viewpoint. Um, yeah. So I was reading lots of articles, um, and a lot of them were on hell. So that was one of my next processes. I was like, okay, first I'm going to tackle hell. You know, I'm going to kind of put the God thing on the shelf for a little bit. Because I kind of thought, you know, hell is one of the biggest doctrines we struggled with. And there, there's, you could do tons of podcast episodes. People have done lots of, so many studies on the hell and on the theology of it. There's lots of different conclusions you can draw. Um, I thought maybe having a different view of hell would settle our doubts. You know, Michaela and I would be like, oh, okay, maybe it's not, maybe God doesn't seem like such a horrible person that's going to send his people that he so-called loves to a place of eternal conscious torment. Um, so yeah, I looked at some different theologies of hell, watched like the Bible project. Uh, their, their main guy had like a little sermon series on hell. There was lots of different articles I read about it. Um, and yeah, so I kind of deconstructed that, you know, came to a different viewpoint, still definitely a Christian. Um, the next thing that was a big step in my process um, was uh, Rhett and Link's spiritual deconstruction video. And that is something <clears throat> I would say Christians, you know, conventional Christians or anyone that's questioning, like, please watch those videos. Rhett and Link both have a separate podcast and YouTube video on their spiritual deconstruction, their journey, um, and then have like a follow-up one year later on the kind of their new thoughts and what they're thinking. Those are such good resources. Those are just incredible, really well put, uh, very thoughtful, very graceful, very um, just forgiving and, uh, and, and clear videos, um, clear podcasts you can listen to. Uh, so I would really encourage you to listen to that. So before I listen to that, though, 
um, one of Michaela's friends had given me a um, a pastor's response basically to Rhett and Link's video. So did you watch that first? Yeah. So I listened. There was like he did like four or five podcasts on some kind of different things. The pastor was basically going like, I'm not responding to them directly, you know, to Rhett and Link, but people resonate with their stories, and I'm gonna, you know, try to kind of give my answer for what their stories represent. Uh, and it was a really thoughtful one. You know, it wasn't one of those pastors trying to dunk on Rhett and Link or anything like that, like a lot of people have done. This guy was trying to be very graceful, trying to be, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt, trying to be as as uh, courteous as possible and as, as grace-filled as possible. And I really appreciated that. Um, I agree with some of that when I, when I watched it. And uh, yeah, some of his responses were good. A lot of them were the kind of same sort of almost satisfactory you know like they were the type of answers that like three months prior i would have accepted those really good answers i would have been like yeah that's satisfactory enough for me but something to me was like you know that those just aren't quite satisfactory like they they sort of answer but they kind of still don't i have so many more questions based on your answer pastor you know and um so then i had watched that like back in probably February or something. So then come April when I was really, you know, deep diving into the stuff, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch Rhett and Link's actual original videos. And I did. And they were like world shattering, head turning. They, they just floored me. They were very good. Like I said, so please go listen to those. They were incredible. Um, from that video, I also got the suggestion of a uh, Bart Ehrman, uh, who's just an amazing New Testament scholar. Um, he was a Christian for a long time, a textual critic, like one of the leading scholars in the field. He studied under Bruce, Bruce Metzger, who's also one of the leading scholars in the field. I was watching a lot of his stories. Um, he had a lot of stuff where he was a Christian for a long time, even after he uh, had a lot of um, complaints about inerrancy and the doctrine of inerrancy and the way that we basically, the, the, the amount of, of contradictions in the Bible, like especially the New Testament and the Gospels. <laughs> um, so he's a good resource. He has lots of, I watched lots of his debates because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let myself get indoctrinated by this guy, this guy who used to be a Christian and is trying to convert people out of it, which he's not really trying to do, you know, but it's just what I thought. Uh, so I watched a lot of debates. I was like, I'm going to see him debating really, really good Christian apologists, really good Christian scholars. Um, I'm trying to think of who, like Peter Wallace, I think is his name, like uh, William Lane Craig, lots of guys with three names. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, a lot of Christian scholars have three names. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so I watched a lot of the, the debates and he was a lot more convincing, you know, in an objective way uh, to what they were saying. They were just like using a lot of faulty logical arguments, you know, and he was just kind of using a lot of fact and a lot of historical evidence. And sound logical arguments so i just started watching a lot more his videos watched his like kind of reason why he left the faith which wasn't because of textual criticism reasons you know he he still holds that you can definitely be a christian and acknowledge you know the flaws in the manuscripts and the flaws in the in the bible um so that's one resources uh there's lots more resources that i'm going to share at the end because i think like just listening to lots of people's perspective is great um it's something that helped me a lot um so yeah, that's what I was doing for the next like two to three weeks, really. It took me about a month to kind of get to a place where I was like, you know what, I I think I might be like agnostic or atheist. <gasps> dun, yes. dun, dun. And um, <clears throat> if you if you are listening and you are uh, still a conventional Christian, I don't mean to be facetious or make fun of um, 
that thought process of that being a scary thought because it was like, it was actually a scary thought for me. And I, I, and I was still scared, even though like I kind of started holding those beliefs. I was like, I don't, at the very least I'm agnostic. You know, I don't know if I can believe God exists. Um, and there's lots of reasons. Some of them, um, well, before I get into reasons, did you have anything that you wanted to clarify or anything? No, I think you're good. I think like, I think you relate a lot more to Rhett than you do Link because Rhett mm-hmm. was a very like logical deconstruction, whereas Link was more emotional and, you know, not to be spoilerish because this is your episode. Like <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from with a lot of your like logical arguments and I wholeheartedly agree with them. The thing is, the thing that sent me over the edge personally was a, a emotional and emotional yeah. reasons and personal experiences with the church that were contradictory to what they believed mm. and yeah. not being able to recognize the way the modern church acts with the way, with what they say and what they preach. And so like, I relate to you, um, but your journey is unique and it's different. And maybe some of our listeners will, uh, so much resonate with you. So, um, I'm not saying a whole lot because I just, I mm-hmm. want you just, just to get it all out there. I've got some questions I want to ask you at the end, but like, okay, yeah. just, just go. Great, great. Okay. We got like half an hour left before people <laughs> usually turn tune out. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, I'll keep going. Yeah, so I, I guess, I don't know. I, I could talk for a long time and question myself and, and go yeah, back and Yeah, you could. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I love you, Collier. But no, I could question myself and, and I could I could present reasons maybe the more emotional side of my deconstruction and my leaving and the more logical and intellectual side. And, you know, that there was definitely a, a big thing at play, which is why I think Rhett and Link's videos were so good because they, they kind of tackled all of those, you know, they, they had intellectualism, like logical, scientific, relational church, emotional trauma, like just so many things that they hit on, which were just really good. Um, which I mean, I, for me, like, like you said, you had a lot more personal experience with it the church never treated me, but it with anything, but like the best, you know, I mean, you know, I'm like basically a cishet white male. I might be non-binary now. I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure that out. So if anybody has any resources on what non-binary is, like send them to me. Cause I need to figure that out. Well, I don't really need to, I don't care. That's the whole point is I'm not labeling, but, um, yeah, send me resources on that. But anyway, I was, you know, straight white male, good charismatic guy, good rule follower. I was like, you know, someone that the church never really said anything bad about, you know, like that there was, there was no barriers in my way. I could have easily had a very successful, very good career in church ministry. Like whenever I wanted to, as soon as I wanted to with hardly anything holding me back. Yep. You were 23, you were married you had lived the perfect, like, picturesque Christian life. You were on your way to be, like, the next senior worship pastor. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would have been a very easy, very, like, reasonable goal for me. And I'm not saying, like, that I was better than everyone else. It was just, like, the, the church structure was made for me. It was made for people like me. So I didn't, and, and my churches that I was in weren't specific, weren't super abusive, especially not towards people like me, but they weren't terrible. And I had a lot of good experiences. And, um, so all that to say, I didn't, you know, have any direct trauma that I experienced. Now, I, being as empathetic as I am, listened to a lot of trauma from a lot of people. Yeah, and you're that call was, your me, yeah, an empath. That was more. <laughs> that was more my emotional side of it was like more feeling other people's trauma, and, and then you know now I'm now I'm working through some of my own. That, that's just more subtle though, but but stuff that it wasn't like 
damaging in the moment um at least not to my conscious knowledge <laughs> um that's another different story too about different trauma traumatic lessons and things that we're learning which we can get into later but yeah so a lot of the other reasons um besides that type of stuff besides the trauma um well i guess along with that one of the big reasons definitely was homosexuality lgbtq ia plus um community people the way that the church treats them you know i was having a big crisis of faith there i was like have had for so long thought that love the sinner hate the sin type of thing but in, in an even more loving way like emphasis on the love um part was the best way to handle that you know i, I come to a place where i was comfortable saying like uh it's between them and god you know their relationship is their own if jesus convicts them that it's wrong then they can do with that what they want to i'm not going to convict them and, and i truly believe that like i truly believed that that Jesus was probably okay with it. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really underlie and think that it was wrong. I was like, you know, I think that Jesus is probably okay with it. And if, if, you know, a, a lesbian couple, for example, comes to Christ, um, they can deal with that the way they, that Jesus puts on their heart because he will speak to them in that situation, you know? And, and I would have been okay with whatever situation, whatever outcome, you know, they decided to do. Um, but I started realizing, you know, that type of mindset, though, and especially excluding members, excluding them from being members, not allowing them to get married in your church, not allowing them to be married by your pastor, not allowing them to serve, not allowing them to be in leadership. That's not acceptance. And that is traumatizing. And that is like, it's almost even more bad sometimes when you pretend to be accepting and say you're accepting as long as you change so much about your identity. Um <clears throat> So I've been dealing with that for a long time. I guess I got to the point where I was kind of in the progressive Christian camp and was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm fully accepting. Like the Bible doesn't really say much about it. And uh, I think that it's perfectly okay with God. And I think that they should be allowed to be pastors and be in leadership. That's fine. Um, so that wasn't you know, the main reason, but that was something that kind of spurred on some other doubts. Um, man, I mean, some of the stuff in the Bible uh, also kind of pushed me over the edge, like slavery when I started reading the actual verses, I'd always heard this like argument lodged against Christians of like, oh, well, God in the Bible condoned slavery. And there's all these different verses. There's a couple in Leviticus and some other places where like in Numbers or Deuteronomy, I think, where God like literally like is condoning it. And he's saying like, hey, if you have slaves, like this is how you should conduct buying a slave. This is how you, if you want to buy a female slave, do it this way. He's not saying don't do it. He's saying this is how you should go about it. Um, he's completely condoning that. And <clears throat> Again, you can get around that as a Christian by basically denying inerrancy, by um, talking about the Bible as something that's not as much like as high of a pedestal as like some a lot of most Protestants put it, I guess. Um, you can sort of get around that, but not really, not with the view of the Bible that it's inspired, that God is not changing. You can't really get around that. Like your God either changed or he does, or he does completely condone slavery. There's no other option. Um, it, it, unless the Bible is also not true, which is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, but that would have some very major other implications. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I mean, maybe, maybe not, not true, but it would have to be definitely fallible, definitely errant and like contain bad information in it, which is like, people do that. People are Christians and believe that. I don't see how for me coming from the background I came from, I can't believe that and be Christian, but some people can, and that's great. 
That's cool. I'm not judging that Good at all. Good for them. Good for them. I mean, I'm glad they can. That's cool. I would like more people to interpret the Bible that way. That'd be better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, lots of stuff with the Bible, the way the canon was formed, um, stuff about contradictions, you know, a lot of challenging my view on inerrancy, challenging my view on God-inspired. And for me, like I said, when, when those went away, that it, it's really hard to um, reconcile the Christian faith if you don't really believe that the Bible is truth and is God-inspired. Um, the Another couple of big things uh, was the, like, the history of humanity. So with, I, th I think humanity is, I'm, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but I think people, like, the first civilizations and stuff are estimated to be, like, what, 600 million years old, I think, for human civilization. I'm not positive. I but went to church. I don't know science. Yeah, something like way farther than than when the first scriptures were written, like when we think that the Torah basically and the first books of the New Testament or even the events in like the Exodus and stuff, when this took place, were just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly recent compared to when humans evolved as a societal um, people and like as a people in society that had rationality, that like were our modern types of humans, our modern homo sapiens. Um, so it just seems weird that God would not reveal himself for millennia later. And then even after he revealed himself for millennia later, would wait another like 10,000 years to reveal Christ. Like that just seems so recent in the span of homo sapien history that it just doesn't really make sense and line up with the Bible being in any way history of like, especially how the universe started. And, and even if it is not how the universe started and is just like in time when it was written, why did God wait so long to reveal himself if he's truly the only God? Because that's just ridiculous to me. Um, again, I mean, lots of these have definitely have rebuttals, and uh, and that's okay, and, and, and there are lots of rebuttals that you can believe. Um, they just kept on stacking up, and, and then kind of one of the last ones, one of the big ones, is the problem of evil and the problem of suffering. That's a really tough one, and I've watched tons of apologetics videos on it. None of them are really satisfactory to me, although some of them are very good. None of them are completely satisfactory because... You just can't have an omni, an omnipotent, omniscient, omni-benevolent God and have evil exist and, and even have the Bible exist in the way that the Bible currently exists with us not knowing the translations, with it being like kind of scattered, us not having the manuscripts, having so many questions about things. If God truly is all good, all knowing, and all powerful, if evil and suffering exist, like, he could have made a different way, you know? He could have made a different way for this to work. Um, You're kind of presented with two options. Either God is not those things, and mm -hmm. he's either less powerful than we think he is, or he doesn't exist. Yeah. Or he's apathetic or a dick. Yeah, and so either he's a bad God, it. and which, again, a lot of Christians will say, one of the apologetics, apologetics I guess, about Christians will say, like, that they view good as God, you know, and so they view like anything that God does is good, which is kind of a very toxic belief to hold to because then like if God does something objectively evil or, or that we would say maybe in our modern society, objectively evil, if God orders, I mean, for example, like in Joshua, the killing and slaughtering of all the women and children of all those cities, you know, and God does something objectively morally wrong, it can't be bad because God and God is good and good is God, you know, um, yeah, so either either God isn't at least one of those things. Either he's not all-knowing, all -knowing, not omniscient, or n not omnipotent, all-powerful, and not all-good. Um, 
or yeah, either he's not one of those things or he's just, yeah, well, I guess he's, he can't be all three of those things. He cannot be all three of those things and the problem of suffering and evil exist. Um, and, and there's other things you can apply that same argument to as well. Like if the Bible is so hard to trace back its like origins and just not having manuscripts it's not being well-preserved, God can't be all those things and also like not have a better way to preserve his scriptures. Um, that's just, yeah. So that was one of the other, like one of the main other like kind of logical arguments that really took me, like sent me over was that type of thing. And, um, I mean, other little things like prayer and about how like people will say that, you know, God answered their prayer for like, they were running late and got a parking space right before their job interview, like right up oh front. Oh my God. But God just like ignores the prayers of the millions of kids that are screaming out to him, crying and starving of malnutrition and dying every day. That type of God is not someone I would want to believe in. Um, yeah. So either he doesn't exist or prayer doesn't work or he's not a good God. Um, which I mean, any of those could be true. And I'm not really writing those off, <laughs> not writing any of those off necessarily. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of those type of questions. Yeah, were uh, were in my mind. Um, so, so I think you're going to give a lot of resources at the end of this for people mm-hmm. who want to learn more. But like me sitting here listening to you giving these arguments is like, okay, clearly you're not like a fundamental evangelical. Like you're either about to become the most liberal version of a Christian that's ever existed, or abandon the faith totally. Yeah. So you're still working <laughs> at this church. Going through all of this. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I quit the church in, uh, I documented it in my journal as well. Let's see, I quit the church in, so I started those thinking in April. It was May, so it was about about a month and a half later is when I quit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I you know, kind of came to a lot of those conclusions at the end of April, Um and I was still working at the church. Um, you know, I was kind of trying to decide at that point um, if I could stay in and, you know, view it as kind of almost more in a selfish way of like being like, you know, I'm going to work on my musicianship. I'm This this church job of being a worship leader will teach me more about technical side of music that I need to learn. It will help me learn more instruments, expand my musical vocabulary. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to see if I can do that, you know, because this is a great place to play music and to learn a lot. Um, and, and I'm still okay with playing music at church, <laughs> you know, if, if a church like wants to hire me or something as a basis, like for a Sunday, like I, I can, I can do that, especially if they pay me. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I quickly realized, so I did about like three services of the youth worship and man, it was like, <laughs> the funny thing is if you want to talk about, <coughs> If you want to talk about like God's timing and coincidence and stuff. The funny thing is the the youth was literally doing, doing a sermon series on um, the evidence for God and like why you should like doing an apologetics what sermon your series. Thoughts listening? <laughs> um, man, I mean, at that point, I, I mean, I, I try to take those, I try to take them and then I would go home and research them and I would be like, okay, like, yeah, nope. What, what's the good evidence for that? I would look up you know, more Christians talking about why that was good evidence that the pastor had presented in, you know, a very brief sermon. I was like, is that good evidence? And I would see apologetics, apologetic Christians be like, yes, this is, here's why. And I'd see non-Christians be like, no, that's not good evidence. And here's why. And so I looked at a lot of that stuff objectively and came to the conclusion that a lot of it 
either was like kind of mis uh mislabeling or misconstruing the truth <laughs> honestly some of it was on the historical parts and or misrepresenting facts um but but a lot of it was just stuff that was maybe a little bit weaker like it wasn't wrong but it was just kind of you know not good enough grounds to say that like the resurrection really happened for example um and that, that was kind of where i landed with that but yeah so after about two or three sessions of leading worship singing songs like yes i will like i will still believe you know say like repeating lines of talking about how sure and how true in my faith i am and how i'm never going to question god basically basically these worship songs were saying like i'm not going to question you god i'm not going to not believe you i'm not going to doubt you because uh, you are faithful and I'm faithful to you, that type of thing. You're developing some imposter syndrome. Yeah, it was it was really tough for me to keep going because I was like it's a little sus. Yeah, I just couldn't I couldn't keep singing those words. You know, like I could play the music, like playing guitar was fine, but I couldn't sing those words. You know, because you have to sing those words with your whole body. You know, you have to mean it. Um, so yeah, I quickly realized I could not keep doing that and mean it. So. <clears throat> Um, that was, that was a, a kind of stressful time. I, you know, had to tell my church partners and pastors and stuff that I was leaving. Um, I could have chosen not to tell them the reason, but I did anyway, just because I just, I, you know, you know, like we said in the first podcast, I'm big on being honest and being genuine. So I wanted to know, I wanted them to know, I guess, um, my fellow worship leaders all took it just incredibly well. Um, my, my like direct kind of person the youth pastor he took it so well he was you know so gracious um the other pastor was a little bit i don't know i kind of like got into um he led me to uh talk a little bit about like reasons for why i didn't believe which got me off track and then uh which wasn't a good time you know in that brief phone call said he wanted to follow up with me because he was very concerned and then never heard from him again That's right. <laughs> yeah, which I wasn't expecting anything else. I was open, you know. If he invited me to coffee, I would have gone, but he never talked to me again. Um, but I'm still really good friends with my partners who were doing that. Um, shout out to them, like Jeremy, Hannah, and Wyatt. They were all super cool. They're they're still super cool. Um, I love them. And that was uh, really comforting to me as well to be like, okay, I can tell this at the time dramatic news, and people aren't going to necessarily take it in a bad way. Um, and that was great. So, <clears throat> yeah. So that, that that was a scary time. I was starting to tell close friends, starting to tell family. Um, I'm not going to get into too much details about that right now just because I don't know how to respect for them. But, I mean, if you want to ask me anything about that later, we can, we can discuss a couple of different reactions, but I'm not going to get too specific. Um, but... I mean, that's, that was kind of a basic story. And I mean, even though that, that still took a while, that that's still a kind of brief, you know, overview of everything that's been going on in my head it's and my heart simple. and my it's mind. It's very complex. It's very complex. Yeah. And so that brings me to where I am now. So since, um, May, I guess of 2021, where I officially left the church, officially stopped considering myself a Christian, um, so I wrote down that I'm somewhere between an agnostic deist, hardcore atheist, mystical humanist, or spiritual nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of those even are maybe contradictions. I don't know. But the short answer is I don't know. I don't know where I am. And right now, I love that. I love not knowing. Um, 
it is it is i'm so happy i'm free i'm joy filled i I feel so much more free is the biggest word, really. I, I feel free to take others out the, at their word without seeing them as a project, you know? Um, I saw a Facebook post that said, uh, you're either a missionary or a mission field. And I was just like, damn, that's so objectifying. You're just <laughs> objectifying people to either be in a fucking field or being a person. Like, oh my gosh. Um, that's the first time one of us has said the F word That was the first time the F-bomb podcast. has dropped, so sorry. Let's take a moment of silence <laughs> for our Christian listeners. All right, continue, please. Okay, silence is over. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, now I, I feel like I'm, I'm in a place that I'm pretty secure. I don't quite know where I am. Um, and it feels nice. It feels really good. Um, the, the biggest area that I feel free in is I feel free not to judge people. I feel free not to look at people through that lens, you know, of either be, of being a mission field. I felt like, you know, with my coworkers, for example, any conversation, I would have to be a good representation of Christ, you know, or I failed. That's a lot of pressure. That's so much pressure to have your entire life. And, and that's what I mean, where I wasn't traumatized directly by someone abusing me. But that's that's some big pressure that put a lot of trauma that helped that like made me traumatized in my entire life of like having to be a good witness for Christ, having to monitor my own thoughts, having to be like my own thought police. Um, so many things like that. Uh, I feel so much more free in. I feel like I can take people out of their word without judging them. I feel like I can develop relationships. I'm free to be mean to people if I want to. And I, and I still don't try to, but if I find, if I feel like I don't want to be friends with someone, I don't feel like I have to. When I was in the church, I felt like I had to. You know, if I had like someone that I didn't like, that I hated, um, it's still where I am. I'm going to try to be as nice and as courteous and as respectful as possible. However, when I was a Christian, I felt like I would have had to be friends with that person, have to like love that person so much and like show them Christ. Now I'm like, yeah, I can like acknowledge their humanity, love their humanity and respect them, but I don't have to be friends with them. I, I'm not forced to like pretend like I love them, you know, pretend like I right. like them. Cause I don't, <laughs> um, it's been a little mind boggling for me in the place that I've ended up that, you know, within Christianity, you are pressured to tell the truth in every circumstance, whether that's difficult or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like for no, example, definitely. you know, if you're held at gunpoint and they're going to say, do you love <laughs> Jesus? And if you say you do love Jesus, they're going to blow your fucking brains out. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. No, Dude, no pressure there. Uh, we should do a podcast episode about like things like that. I oh, I went to this camp where we were literally taught that that was going to happen, and that like yeah, we need to prepare for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, <laughs> but but, but here, let's take that out a little bit. Yeah, let's take that out a little bit. So if you lie, that's sin. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're hiding the surprise birthday party, yeah, and you lie about that, it's kind of sin. Yeah, yeah, that's or where again it's it's room for gray. I think there's a lot of nuance in gray. In any even like in in even fundamentalist Christianity there should be a lot of gray. Like Right. I mean, a, a good example, like my mom used to bring up that we, we would have conversations about like uh Corey Ten Boom, for example, who hid um, you know, Jews in the Holocaust and she was a Christian. Um, and they had like, you know, 15 people technically lying. House. That's technically lying. It's lying. They would come to the house and be like, are there any Jewish people here? And they would say, no, there are not, you know, and they would lie, but it was to save a life. And I think Christianity, I think Christianity, you know, makes a claim for that. Like being so fundamentalist and so black and white that you say we're lines wrong in all senses. Yeah. Then 
that's just kind of stupid because like of course that's good to lie if you're saving someone's life like of course that's good i find that for me sometimes like and i know this is going to sound bad but sometimes i would rather tell a small white lie to save someone's feelings than to tell them a truth that's going to destroy them and i used yeah. to feel really guilty about that but depending I kinda, on the situation, yeah, yeah. It just depending on what it is. And it I encountered that a lot with like the deconstruction thing. Like people are like, Oh, totally. He's still in church, he's still going to church, you better be going to church. You oh, be yeah. Go-. I'm just yeah. like, Yeah, I, you know, I've been kinda plugged in somewhere. Yeah, like I'm you know, I'm living with my grandmother right now and she's Shout out to Grammy. Amazing. She's such a good, you know, Christian woman and you know, she'll mention church or like talk about going to church and, and I'm not gonna correct her or say that I'm not going. And, and I, I really don't want her to find out about this too, which is another, another little tangent, but some people, I don't think she's going to get Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> some people like her, I just don't think should know. And, um, at, at this point, because it's going to hurt them too much. And it's just a conversation. I don't really want to have at this moment with, with almost everyone else. Um, I do want to have that conversation, but, but some older members of my family, I'm just not going to, um, just because, you know, it's, it's not the type of relationship where it's worth the hurt and pain it's going to put them through. For sure. Um, like, I mean, I, I did tell my parents and, and that's the relationship I, I do think is worth it to put them through because I want to have more honest conversations and dialogue with them. Um, for me, um, I mean, if, you know, for some people, they might not want to tell their parents for reasons and that's totally fine too. Um, so let me get back just to finish up where I am right now. I wrote down a couple of analogies the other day. I just like got woken Let's up from my sleep and I was like, huh, there's some, I can't go to sleep. Here's some analogies that like my deconstruction story, my journey. Um, let's see. Uh, so the first one, I guess. So this is what people, what, this is an analogy for when people ask me like, oh, where have you landed? You know, like wh- what's your label now? Wh- where have you landed? Where are you gonna land? Um, that's such a big, that, that, that's such a question that people ask, I guess. And like you asked it a lot to me at the beginning too, like where you landed, where are you, like, wh- like wh- where are you trying to land? Um, always assuming that I need to land and I'm like, bitch, I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, gonna, I think I'm the answer to this. I'm going to keep flying, you know? Like, Absolutely. The answer to this is kind of what the name of our podcast is. Yeah, exactly. And that's how we came up with the name of this podcast is, is that's exactly what we're trying to do right now is I'm hopefully wandering. Like I'm, I'm wandering in the forest, I'm flying through the air and I don't plan on landing. I don't plan on stopping and building a house, you know, and like, and saying like, this is my house of like my dogmatic beliefs that I'm never going to leave safe. Yeah. I'm never going to build a concrete house like that. At most I'll like, I'll like pitch a tent for a little bit, you know, and then I'll keep moving and I'll keep going. Um, and, um, yeah. So, okay. The the next one, uh, so this was really interesting. Um, I connected my journey to, to my feelings about Moana. Very strange. But when I saw Moana, I was like, for some reason, even back then before I deconstructed, I it, like it, it hit an emotional chord chord with me, like hardcore, partially because like Lynn manuel Miranda did the music and he's really good at emotionally striking chords and stuff. But um, I don't know, for some reason, like that movie just like really hit a chord with me. Um, so I, I finally realized why I was sobbing in the theater when she says like, see the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me and no, no one, one knows, knows how far it goes. How far it goes. 
such a good line and such a good song. And um, I just, I felt that. And I thought it was because of my desire to travel. Um, but it, that wouldn't, just me wanting to travel the world wouldn't elicit such an emotional response, you know? Uh, I realize now my soul has been craving to chase that line, you know? I see the horizon and I want to chase it. I have my island, you know, like, like they have their island. I have my island of conventional fundamentalist Christianity. And it was a good island, like in Moana, how they have a great island and she loves it and her dad loves it and everything. It's good. I love my family. I loved the community there. But I kept being called to see philosophically. I kept being called to that line. Um... You know, in the movie, Moana discovers her ancestors were voyagers. They sailed to discover new islands, never staying at one, but always exploring different ones. Um, for me, uh, when it comes to philosophy, theology, deconstruction, psychological development, spirituality, I, I find myself at home with that voyager mentality. You know, like, I maybe have an island, then I leave the island to search for a new one. You know, the island's never the destination. The journey is the destination of the voyager. Um, so when I realized that I was Moana, not in, in regards to physical traveling, but I am Moana in regards to philosophy and spirituality <clears throat> and things of the soul, it finally made me realize why that movie like always hits me so much and inspires me. Um, she says, will I cross that line? What's beyond that line? <laughs> It's so good. I love and how Disney you are. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like had the thought at 3 a.m. I was like, that's why I was so mo emotional in Moana. Cause like I was so emotional. I, I didn't know why. <laughs> and like, that's why. And so if you want to ask where I am, that's where I am. I'm chasing that line. I'm chasing the line where the sky meets the sea. And I'm trying to figure out what's beyond that line. Bitch, I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you're going to ask me a couple questions. Don't tell me what I'm going to do, Collier. Okay. Well, okay. I won't then. Don't ask me questions. So oh, wait, wait, wait. Collier, can I see some <laughs> questions? Yes. Well, first, <laughs> let, let me let me give you a couple resources, okay? Just a few, well, a lot, but I'm going to rattle these off. So um, please write these down. And write that down. Write that down. Go like listen to these. These are these were just really good resources that were really influential for me. Um, okay. So. On kind of the more conventional Christian side, maybe like what, what I would like you to listen to or like resources that would be good if you're still like kind of more in Christianity and maybe questioning a little bit. Uh, things like the Bible Project podcast, um, Joey Trebe on TikTok and YouTube is a really good like person who just breaks down deconstruction of the Bible. Um, there's a Christian apologist called Inspiring Philosophy who's like more of a liberal, liberal Christian but like takes apologetics very seriously. Uh, the And Campaign um, is a book by... Kristen Dumet, Dumet, no, du I forgot her last name, man, but uh, it's called Jesus and John Wayne. That'll challenge oh, yeah, some of the, yeah, um, yeah. that's a really good they book. They talked about that in the stuff. Mars Hill podcast. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good one that all conventional Christians need to read, like the uh, the way that the modern notions of Jesus is more developed by John Wayne than by Jesus. Um, the Color of Compromise and Jamar Tisby's whole thing. I think he has a podcast called The Witness that's really good. Um there's a book called Woke Church um, that's kind of just introducing some new, more maybe progressive or liberal ideas into Christianity. Um, and then more on the more deconstruction side, or if you're questioning more than maybe a conventional question, Christian would question, <clears throat> um, tons of podcasts. Uh, there's this whole like media group called the Irreverent Media Group. There's lots of podcasts on there, like the Dirty Rotten Church Kids, uh, People's Theology, um, 
there's one called Go Home Bible You're Drunk, which is pretty funny. Um, Straight Away American Jesus. Um, there's another one called The New Evangelicals as a podcast and Instagram page. Uh, Bart Ehrman, just listen to some of his talks and his debates. Um, there's a book by Jamie Lee Finch called You Are Your Own, that especially if you're struggling with like y- your bodily connection after purity culture, that's a great one. Um, the Naked Pastor is amazing on Instagram. He just has some great f- illustrations. He's still a Christian, but just in a deconstructed way. Um, there's a Deconstruct podcast. Uh, some of my YouTube videos that um, are really good, or YouTube people that I like, um, kind of more on the atheist side are like, genetically modified skeptic this dude's just so compassionate and kind and graceful talking about atheism he's firm though he is firm yeah firm and skeptical but very compassionate and graceful in the way that he does it and very clear and eloquent um holy coolie is a good one he makes some good like kind of cartoon videos that that just show some stuff about spirituality from an atheist perspective Um, believe it or not is a really good one and then again, the Rhett and Link deconstruction videos are a must. Definitely do those. Oh, also, uh, God is Gray is really good. Mm, it's a couple books. Yes. Uh, How the Bible Works. Um, I forget who that's by. And Universal Christ by Richard Rohr. Those are awesome books. So, like, no matter where you are in your faith journey, I would suggest some, some of those books, some of those YouTube channels, some of right. those podcasts. Um, go check them out because... I am firmly in the belief that it's always good to get new perspectives and no matter what you're wanting out of the new perspective, please listen to them. Um, Please listen to different perspectives than your own. Absolutely. If you're feeling really spicy, follow Abraham Piper on TikTok. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) He's real spicy. Yeah. John Piper's son. He's very uh, anti, well, not like John Piper. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Well, so that was like... The spiel? The spiel of my journey. So if you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. And again, like, please, if you do want clarification or if you want to talk to me more about it, like, I'd love to have those conversations. Hit me up. All right, Collier, shake it out. That was a lot. Yeah. What are your immediate feelings having just come out? Uh, I mean, I feel good. Um, I've been saying for a while since... um, Michaela and I both explained our kind of deconstruction stories to about like four or five people in a row one week. And I was like, you know what? We should just like say this on a podcast because there you go. Right. It's here. so much easier just to send them this link, like, like not to be impersonal, but just to like, it's a long conversation. This has been a long podcast already. And, uh, in person, I mean, when I first told you, it was about a three hour conversation that we had. <laughs> so it's a hot bit. So it's a lot, you know, to talk about this in person. So Again, I would still love to do that in person, but that's I, after I'm, we I'm went glad. to the club. I was it after that? Oh, maybe it wasn't. I no, no, know. it was before that. It was we before that? At a coffee shop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it was fun. That was fun going to the club. Yeah. To the club. <laughs> All right. So, what are your immediately? What are your immediate feelings right now? <clears throat> Having yeah, just I mean, shared that, that publicly, like just, I feel relieved. Um, I've I've always wanted to share this in this type of format. So I'm glad I got to, and, um, I hope that people who listen to, who know me, uh, listen to it. And again, if you do know me and are offended that I didn't tell you in person before you heard this, I'm sorry. And I would still love to have a conversation with you. Um, but I'm glad you listened. I'm glad you came. Okay. So some, some just really easy follow-up questions. Actually, they're not super easy. Okay. What has been the hardest reality to accept with your deconstruction? What's the most difficult thing to come to terms with? Um, 
I mean, it's definitely been that, that I'm not right and, and that I'm not um, certain and absolute all the time. I guess, you know, growing up Christian the way I did, I thought that I was, you know, had the truth, had the knowledge, had the right answer. Um, so feeling that like I don't have the right answer, um, that that's a little, that's a tough reality, I guess, that that's a reality that I've had to deal with. Um, also, um, also like preventing myself to fall back into dogmatism, this time on the opposite end, um, preventing myself from falling back into fundamentalism. Um, you know, because I, I'm more deconstructed fundamentalism than I construct deconstructed Christianity. And, you know, I, I thought for a while that I could still be a Christian and, and have these non-fundamentalist beliefs. For me, it ended up falling apart. It, it doesn't have to for a lot of people. Yes. But I really want to reject dogmatism and fundamentalism. Not just with Christianity, because there's yeah. like fundamentalism with other religions, with yeah, atheism. Yeah, I mean, th- there's lots of people I've seen that have had a similar journey to me and then have become very dogmatic in their beliefs in like a mystical paganism or a, or a Wicca or Islam. Islam or Judaism or just liberal Christianity or like atheism or or whatever. And like, I'm, I'm not trying to like say that people who join those types of things are, are, are wrong and that it's wrong to have like beliefs, but I don't like it when people become just as dogmatic and um, just as proselytizing and just as fundamental as they were when they were in evangelicalism. And so, yeah. so I'm trying to actively push against that. You know, I'm not trying to actually actively like repress that in myself. You know, if I feel that coming on, if I feel myself like going on a tangent about like how wrong everybody is and how right I am. I'm trying to acknowledge that and, and realize that I'm don't have the answers and, uh, and open myself up to any type of perspective and any type of belief. Absolutely. It's just all a matter of perspective, right? Mm, yeah. So I think you alluded to something very key here is like you're, you were talking about your journey through the forest and how you left your little house that you were very, very safe and comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And now you're just, you're hopefully wandering. You're visiting different beliefs. You're hey, that's visiting, the name of the show. Yeah, you're visiting different thought processes and giving them their valid concern. Do you mm-hmm. feel loss or abandonment or lack of safety having left that house? If we're honest, Christianity mm-hmm. is a very safe ideology. Yeah. Right. Totally. You're, you're, there's no if ands or buts about it. Like I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you're never going to understand the deep mysteries about God." But with fundamental Christianity, they explain everything about God for you. You can yeah. dissect Him <laughs> down to a T. They, they they leave very little mystery usually. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Other than like, well, how did He create everything? How God exists? I know, but that's not the point of this. Yeah. Totally. Um, do, so, do you have any like prevalent feelings? So currently, no, uh, currently I do not have any, I, I'm, I'm not really scared. No. And I'm not really, um, worried. I think for me, I was really fortunate enough that I don't have kids, um, which is, would have been very tough, you know, like trying to go through all of this and try to raise humans like that, that would be very difficult. Um, and like I said, my wife is the most, you know, supportive, amazing partner in the world. So she will like she's been going on the same journey with me and uh, she has her own story, but we're able to have such open dialogue about it that I feel very comfortable with her and with that. Um, and even before I left the faith, I deconstructed hell in a, in a way that I'm not scared of that. <laughs> um, so for me, I really don't have any lingering fear. Any, Good. 
I, I feel very comfortable, you know, voyaging. I feel very comfortable walking through the forest, flying in the air, whatever analogy. Yes. yes. Um, and, and, th- and that feels like home to me. And I feel very good with that. That's awesome. I don't always feel like that. Yeah. And so, but I'm also a little, it not took as me far about a down full the road. Year or, well, it was May. It took me about like till the end of 2021 really to get to that spot. Yeah. I'm only like halfway there. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you have to say to anyone who's listening to this podcast who would still identify themselves as evangelical? Probably someone who is against deconstruction and thinking that you've left, you know, you're, you're now a hedonist, a sinner. Yeah. You've abandoned God. <laughs> um, because they, they always use these. I'll, I'll make that another question. What do you have to say to them? Sure. Well, so I... um like I said, so a, a lot of the, you know, logical, scientific, factual type of stuff and historical stuff, um, spurred my beliefs on, but what really sent me over the edge was personal stories. Um, and I, I'm not trying to tell every Christian to like deconstruct or to leave the faith. Uh, well, I kind of am telling you to deconstruct in a way, not in the way that Matt Chandler or your pastors probably talk about it because that's a, uh, that's a not I'm going to venture to guess that whatever pastors are talking about it are not doing it in a very kind um, um, way that gives credence to what deconstruction actually is. But I would say listen to people's stories um, and try to listen to it by putting yourself in their shoes. Try to get into their mind. Try to feel what they are feeling, hear what they are saying truly and deeply. Because um, if nothing else, being able to listen like in a real way without just trying to come up with rebuttals um, will just make you be a better person and a better Christian and a better um, person to have conversations with. Um, so I would say that. And, and then also check out those resources, you know, like some, some of those resources, maybe like, maybe some of the stuff like, I don't know, um, God is Gray, the naked pastor, or, or even just listening to the, the Bible project podcast, like I said, or, um, some of those ones that are more in Christianity, but are less dogmatic. Maybe, um, listen to some of those resources. Uh, they will give you some good advice on and help you deepen your relationship with Christ and your faith. Um, but maybe not in like a, in a, in a bad way. Um, so that's my biggest advice, I guess, to them, or my biggest ask is listen to people's stories and listen to resources and, but listen in a true way. Yes. Don't listen to respond. Listen to learn. I love that. Um, a lot of Christians on the internet specifically end up giving a lot of excuse for people who are deconstructing. Yeah. Such as you just want to sin or you were never a Christian in the first place. I should have asked this earlier, but uh-huh. have you personally heard any of those misnomers about your deconstruction process? Um, about mine, I don't think so. Not directly. I mean, I've seen like a lot of them on, on social media and stuff, but probably not directed towards me. Um, I, uh, maybe one that you think is the worst. I haven't really heard too much. I heard like one person basically said that like, if I left the church, um, or like, or just not even specifically me or the people who leave the church that like, basically that like their marriages always fail and they, their lives will get turned upside down and they'll be like, they'll be like horribly depressed and like, in just like horrible situations. And it was basically saying like, if you leave the church, then like your life's going to be shit. That's because um, they make it shit. 
Yeah, yeah, they try to make a shit for they sure. Try. And and they try to well, it's it's a lot of like years and years of fear mongering. Like that's why I was so cautious for so long to use the word atheist. And I still am around a lot of people because the fear mongering and the misnomers about what atheist really means um is just extreme, you know. So that was probably the worst one I heard about me specifically was that like basically if I choose to go forward with deconstruction or with leaving the church, right. that my life's going to be terrible, but I don't know. I mean, so far it's been about a year and it's been great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it keeps going, but I it's mean, only gotten better, really. To be fair, I do think that there is an overall trend of Christians getting more and more understanding because they see some of the flaws, too. Yeah. With the spread of, like, internet connectivity and uh, amateur philosophers and things such as that, more people can encounter the information that kind of illegitimizes some of the fundamental Christian dogma and doctrine. So more people yeah, totally. who are like lay people can encounter mm-hmm. those theological concepts and can process that. And there are definitely a group of people who are, and I'll, I don't mean to jump the gun. Like <laughs> I, I'm going to go into this more in my podcast, but I really struggle with people who are fundamental because they can't comprehend or process that their beliefs might be wrong. Yeah. Like they find like comfort and safety and they're culturally Christian so much that mm-hmm. if they were to abandon their ideology, they would have nothing left. There's nothing left yeah. in their life. Yeah. That's why some of them can be even like so dogmatic about um, history and about like, you know, being against CRT or against like against saying anything bad about America because they're their belief system is based on Christianity being always good and always perfect and having all these things with the fundamentalism and then America always being the good guys. And they have all these connected beliefs that like if one thing starts to unravel, then like their whole worldview will shatter. So so they can't allow any question of any of their beliefs. Well, that's where that unhealthy. Yeah. That's where that ideology or that uh, thought process of superiority comes in. Yeah. I, I know that I'm doing this and I've talked to the, with my, one of my coworkers who's also deconstructing about this is sometimes this is just me being prideful. I yeah. struggle personally not to feel superior because my intellect's stronger <laughs> and I can come to grips with uh, mm. a deistic nihilism while someone else can't because they can't process that. Ooh, I'm not saying they're okay. stupid, but yeah. I'm just saying they can't accept that they can't process that they can't even comprehend it no totally um one thing that helped me a lot with that and another resource is uh phil drysdale um he has a really good podcast and instagram page and um he has a podcast series on understanding deconstruction and he talks a lot about like developmental psychology and right right he talks about you know the differences between people like us and people that are in fundamental christianity is that we're in a different stage of psychological development um, and that's like, that, you know, has some scientific backing in it too, but like psychologically you can develop in different ways and you can have different like development stages and like in their development stage currently, like it has to be black and white. Yes. And in our development stage, not that it's superior, it's just different. Very little is we have a black and white. It's psychological, um, um, way that we can just embrace complexity. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, it is hard to not say the superior, but it, but it's just different. And uh, yeah, so his his work, he's also very gracious on that too. You know, trying not to alienate conventional Christians and stuff. And that's good. His podcast is really good too. So yeah, check out Phil Drysdale as well. Phil Drysdale, I need to listen to that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Collier, that's all I have. Uh, I actually do have yeah. a couple music suggestions. Ooh, okay, sweet. Lay okay. Mommy. okay, okay. First of all, Simlar, everyone knows them. They were in the news. They were on Christianity Today, the gay deconstruction worship album. Um, we're definitely yes. going to see that when we go see um, Reliant K. Yeah, she's touring with Reliant K. So hyped yes. for that. We, we're on for that, right? Because we have to go see them. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I'm on for that. Okay, yeah. sick. Dude, even Reliant K, to a certain extent, has been kind of deconstruction-oriented. I feel like people like them and like even like Switchfoot and stuff, a lot of them have been kind of that way always. Like, yeah. Not always like to the extent that we are, but definitely a little bit, yeah. We've kind of frowned upon bands like uh, U2, and I know a lot of Christians like the musical aspect of U2, uh-huh. but I would say they are very much like identify as deconstruction Christians because they still support LGBT. They support more liberal ideologies within U2? A, U2. Oh, I didn't even know they were Christian. I would say... They are as much Christian as I would identify as Christian from what I've heard. Yeah. Which, if you're wondering how much that is, tune back in two weeks. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they... They, well, Christian I mean, would say the they're Jonas worldly. Brothers are uh, a hey, deconstruction gang yeah, as well. Absolutely, they are <laughs> wearing those purity rings. Oh my I mean, god! Okay, one more I would say, and this is an Odie. Hmm. This is an Odie. I, I get it. so. Oh, go ahead. Similar. Um, I cried listening to Bethlehem. It's oh a really my good god, one. Yes, the whole album's really good. But yeah, that, that's my suggestion for that specific song. Yes, that is that song is hard to hear. Yeah, it's especially if you're in a space questioning or deconstructing deconstructing in any way like us, it'll probably bring you to tears. It's really good. Even if you're just an empathetic, conventional Christian, it might as well. It's, Dude, we're going to cry seeing that live. Oh, we're yeah. We're going to hold each other like babies. <laughs> um, and Sorry, then, next thing. No, no, you're good. This is my personal last suggestion. If you got any, I would love to hear him. Uh, do you know who Julian Baker is? Okay, you know who Phoebe Bridgers is? Um, wait, I think I might have just listened to Julian Baker like this week. But yeah, go, go on, go on. All right, so do you know the Phoebe Bridgers project, Boy Genius? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's one of the three singer-songwriters who plays on Boy Genius. It's Lucy oh, okay. Dacus, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, and Julian Baker. Julian Baker is very, very similar to the place that Simlar has ended up where you know she came out as uh, LGBT um deconstruction experienced a lot of like spiritual abuse within the church yeah and so she's writing a lot of her early music especially maybe not so much later on but a lot of her music was about her experiences in the church and i i, li- I would listen to that in mm-hmm. high school and i would be like this is so relatable it's so raw and there was an attraction to it but i didn't understand it at the time and going back to listening to uh, her original album i forget what it's called um it, it's it's hard to listen to, but in, in a good yeah, way, very yeah. emotional. Oh, awesome. No, that's so great. Um, Got any, bro? I mean, I guess some music suggestions. They're not about, like, deconstruction-related music suggestions. Hit us up, hit though. us up. Um, let me see. So, uh, recently... Moana soundtrack. I was listening, yeah, Moana soundtrack. <laughs> so, I was recently... Oh, well, so we, we just saw a show that was amazing. Um... Uh, Izzy Heltai, uh, uh, how do you say Izzy, That's I think right. it was I-Z-Z-Y-H-E-L-T-A-I. Yes. yes, queen. Oh, man, they were amazing. It was, like, so good. Um, 
Awesome. And we saw the Brook and the Bluff as well, who are also just incredible. So check them out. That was, that was, that was an amazing show. See amazing them if you artists. can. Um, Another one that I've been listening to recently um, is a band called Sawyer. Have you heard of them? I have, actually. I love Sawyer. Yeah. So I just found them. They don't... I don't think they even have an album. They have, like, an EP and, and then a lot of singles. Um, they're really good. They're just, like... I don't know. They're, they're kind of similar to that la- the other suggestion I made, I guess, a while ago. I forget. But they're just, Emotional Girls. That's the one I have saved. I love that Emotional one. Emotional Girls. Yeah, that one's so good. Oh, my... My favorite one, I think, that I heard, it's just like really easy listening, this one yeah, is, yeah. It's, it's really Chill. fun, is um, on their album Easy Now, it's called, <coughs> I think it's called, it's called uh, Next Time, that one's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sawyer is my suggestion for the week, They, I've just been getting into them, they're really good. We're such music nerds, we've been all over the place, people are going to listen to this and be like, they just gave me eight suggestions, I can't listen to all that, <laughs> so they won't listen to any of them. I know. I mean, maybe they'll listen to one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> listen to one. Listen to one. Listen to uh, Izzy Hiltai. Yes. We had to pick uh, one. So good. So good. He's amazing. All right. Well, Collier, any pardoning thoughts? All right. Um, no, not really. Just uh, uh, so being on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to this, give us a rating if you can, if you think about it. And yes, just like please. share this, you know, especially if this... Feel free to share this story with anybody except my grandmother. Um, and she couldn't hear it anyways, right? Yeah, true. Um, Ouch. But please don't yeah. share this with my grandparents. So share this with anybody except for our grandparents. Um, we would love for you to share these podcast episodes and just rate us on Spotify. Um, preferably five stars, but yeah, you know if you gotta five. be honest. <laughs> yeah, if if you have a lesser rating, just don't bother. I guess, <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, for real, I just. If you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, as always, like reach out to me on any social media, or you can even email the podcast with any questions too. We're um, hopefully wondering pod at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, or the hopefully wondering podcast or anything like that on all of social media. So yeah, hit us up with any questions too. Uh, also give us any suggestions for games or topics too. We like love that. So what what did the people want to hear? Yeah, what do the people want to hear? We're also going to bring on guests at some point soon, so we will be doing that. Heck yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean in regards to the actual podcast, no other parting words. Just uh, have a good rest of your day and have a good rest of your week. An evolution made you special, and we love you very much. We love you very much. Actually, yeah, don't have a good one. Have have one that is in tune with you. You know, oh, get, get in spiritual. tune, get in touch that's with your body, spiritual. get in touch with who you are, and touch have, your body. Yes. Have a blessed day. See y'all. See ya.